Man, sales is tough. I'm just not cut out to be a salesperson. Have you ever felt that way? Selling doesn't need to be so difficult. My name is Harry Spate. I'm here to serve and to help you succeed. Join me as we discuss sales made easy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special edition new podcast that on the Neil Haley Show and also, and it's called Sales Made Easy with author Harry Spate, author of Selling with Dignity. How are you, Harry? I'm doing great. Excited to be here, Neil. Absolutely. And we're going to cover a bunch of different topics, but before, just introduce who you are, why you wrote the book, and then we're going to go into different topics each and every month. That's going to be a segment on the Neil Haley Show, but also you our podcast because we really believe that we want to touch upon what you've written in the book but really make life make sales fun make it easy right i love it yeah so this uh, whole concept of selling is something that we do very naturally and i think a lot of people get bogged down with ideas and tactics and techniques that they just have to think about and it really throws them off their game so my feeling is, is that if we're really just good people, I know it's a little more complex than that, but that's the core of it is being a good person and treating others well. Thus, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated uh, can go a long way in sales. So I wrote the book with the idea that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there and newer salespeople that just aren't being themselves and are overthinking and they're negative. And I'm saying, look, we can make this a whole lot easier for you. And that's really the goal behind the book. And that's for sure. And so we're going to go into cover topics. And I think with the podcast, we talk about the word sales made easy. The thing I look at, Harry, is the fact is sales is not difficult as long as you make sure you are doing it for a reason. You're doing it to provide a good, great product or service. If you're not providing a great product or service, maybe you should sell with someone else. Right. Yes, that's true. You've got to believe, right? <laughs> if you don't believe in your product or service you're selling yeah. or it's your business, then, Harry, success is not going to come very easily for you, is it? No. In fact, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, I've heard like, uh, I'm going to go where the money is. And, you know, if you don't, if you're just going for where the money is, doesn't mean you buy into the product and it's going to come through pretty quickly. So you really have to believe in what you're doing, that you're providing a service for people, I believe, in order to truly be successful. All right. So let's jump in our topic today, overcoming sales objections. This is the hardest part. You get on a great sales call, everything's perfect. And then the, the, the person you're speaking with says, I got to think about it. Or... I really have to, I'm not ready. And certain salespeople a lot of times start to push. How do you overcome sales objections? Well, that's a great question. And that's exactly what happens. You know, the natural tendency might be to say something along the lines is, what do you mean you're not ready? We've been talking about this for months, right? And people just let go of their frustration. Why are you wasting my time then? So you have to get rid of all of the nonsense. But I'm going to go back to the word objection, right? So this is to me a sales word and most people look at it as something I have to overcome. And I'm going to ask to think about it differently. And I think it was Anthony Anarino in uh, his book, The Only Sales Guide You Ever Need. 
he talks about this as concerns. And who of us, you know, to me, it's all about mindset and sales in order to be successful. So who of us, when we're ready to make a big purchase, doesn't have a concern, right? Do we know we're getting the best deal, right? Does this happen to you? Think about your last purchase, yeah, Neil. Absolutely. We're always looking at, I, I, I'm thinking of a purchase right now I make, and, and, and it's really, is this, am I getting the, the best deal? Uh, yeah. And if you're not, and if you're not getting the best deal, you're going to shop around more, but some people will just buy on. So it just all depends on who the person is. Yeah. And I, so it, these are very natural things, right? So I just bought a uh, hot water heater recently, right? Uh, as fate would have it on a Friday afternoon, the hot water heater goes out and I called around and I get three quotes. So the natural thing to do is look at the ratings, right? Look at the ratings of the product. Look at the ratings of the providing dealer. You know, are they, when are they going to be able to fix it? And then you have to, at that moment, eventually have to make a trust or a judgment call. And so then when you do that, is there some doubt? Is there some lingering doubt before you say, yes, here's my credit card number. And even when you do the credit card number, there's still a measure of doubt. All of those are concerns. So they're very natural. And I think if we have the mindset of working with our prospect and client that this is natural to have these concerns, then it helps us to come at it with a different angle, more about caring and helping versus overcoming. And so you have the tools available. If you're working for a company, if you're, you're a business, you have to have the tools available in that process, right? When you're going and have being on that initial sales call to the final sales call, you have to have the tools available to be a success as a sales rep, it sounds like, or even uh, as an entrepreneur selling your services. Exactly. So like, what's the classic objection? What, what comes to mind first for you? I can't afford it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or uh, your price is too high. So first thing we say is, well, I'm not going to change again. I'm talking about entrepreneurs. The first thing you're going to say is I'm not going to change my price. I mean, that's where some will default to and they become defensive. So we now, instead of becoming defensive and trying to overcome, let's discuss what is it about the price right and if you can help me to understand so i can be a better you know servant for you that i could you know come and help help me understand and you have that mindset what is it about the price and people surprisingly will give you the answer right if we ask the question relaxed they will tell us if we have any kind of relationship with them what's your thought well so i wouldn't know that see this is a great thing when you said objection harry I didn't think of that. And then we should create a list of that should be available definitely down the line on uh, the podcast with extra additional things about sales objections, because this is not available because as, as, as an entrepreneur or even or a sales rep, and I've worn both hats. I've sold, yeah. I've even sold network marketing. The objective, the first objection is price. So if you're selling a real high level package that man, I love this big screen television. Or man, I would <laughs> absolutely love this Rolls Royce, right? Yeah. But then the price is the first objection. How do you overcome a price objection, especially when they're looking for the best price? You talked about it with the hot water heater, Harry. 
Yeah. So the, the I try to go back again, put myself in their shoes, and I think about when was the last time I bought purely on price? And I can't even think of something I bought purely on price because it's junk, right? So if we look at whatever the commodity is, you can buy a flat screen TV. Let's just take that example. Let's just say a 60 inch flat screen TV and you'll look at different companies. You might look at Samsung, you might look at Sony, um, the V1, the name escapes me. So you may take those top three and then out of the blue, you know, you're at Best Buy and you see this bizarre name and you say, wow, that's half the price. Is that worth it? Right. Are you going to risk the reliability factor? The fact that there's a known name, a reputation to go with something that's brand new. You never even heard of until you saw the name and said, hmm, I'm going to go with that because it's cheaper. Well, sometimes we might be forced to it, but a lot of us are going to say, I'd rather have a smaller screen with a reliable company behind it than a no name, right? So, exactly. right, and isn't that, that what we do? We buy in brands, so for example, I'm gonna buy a Mac for more expensive than a PC that, yeah, it's gonna cost me less, but it's gonna cost me more in maintenance, uh, possibly being hacked, I mean, right. possibly, um, you know, viruses and possibly losing every all my data versus I'm going to go with a proven source, which is a Mac, you know, or I'm going to yeah. buy a really good PC versus I'm going to go buy this really non-proven PC just because I want to save money. Exactly. So if we can relate, so stories sell, and this is where people in sales or entrepreneurs need to be relatable because most buyers look at anyone selling as being completely out of the loop. They don't know, right? They just think of you as a salesperson. But if you now become relatable and say, look, I buy things too. I shop around as well. And I'm typically looking for great products, great support, and great pricing. Isn't that the way you're kind of looking at this now? And then get agreement. You're on the same side of the table instead of, me against them, right? And that starts the whole thing about when was the last time you bought the cheapest thing? And I can tell you an example when I did, and I was very disappointed that my flat screen TV didn't even last a year, right? Or something like that. Or anything, any type of product from yeah. the shoes to something else that's a proven chosen brand. So that's yeah. a great conversation. So when they overcome price, and they just can't afford it. Are you going to lower your price or are you going to compromise the price? Especially if you're a product or service that you, how do you do that too? So we talk first about the price of comparison. So do you compare your, your competitors and what their given price is when you're selling a product or service? Yeah, so a great question. And I think that's a, uh, you know, that's a, a pretty wide range that can be discussed. But I mean, so for instance, if you're selling a commodity that has a fixed price, for instance, let's just go with uh, the cars, you're selling Honda Accords. Someone comes in and says, well, I've got this uh, Hyundai Elantra. Uh, the price is much lower. Well, you can't yes. compare the Honda Accord, and I think the Hyundai Elantra, if that's a model, but I've seen them on the road, I'm pretty sure it is. They're not going to compare in price. So what can you do if you're selling the Honda? You can't sell the Accord at the same price, but can you 
lower the model? Can you reduce the model, right? A notch or two down so you can compete? Is that an option? And sometimes you could do that with, if someone is, when you're asking again about, well, help me understand what you're looking at. And they'll say, well, I'm looking at this. And they say, well, and then be as specific as you can be and just see where they can compare and where there are differences. And say, look, I can't give you this for that amount, but I can do, right? And then you now have this conversation. How would that work for you? Or how would that look or something quality like that? Quality versus quantity. So for example, you're going to have a quality product for less, a little bit of the services. So you want to find out from that person who prices around, what are you looking to pay for that price? What are you really getting at the end of the day? And what's going to be that rate of return? That's a conversation. So Harry, how do you identify that? So it looks like we're talking about the word overcoming sales objections. Who knows? We might be having two shows on this because I think we might be covering a part two on this because this, <laughs> this is it's... intriguing the heck out of me because I, who've been in sales 20 years, but as an entrepreneur, haven't thought about those things in the process. Then somebody says, you know, I really can't afford this. Well, what are you looking to afford? Then you create the package that might not, you still will make the same amount of profit, but you're packaging it together to say, well, yeah, you're, you're going to go get social media management. This is what this company does. So understanding competition, understanding what somebody else is going to give is an important part of this process. So you really have to be patient as a sales rep, right? You have to be patient as an entrepreneur when you're in these conversations saying, yeah, you're going to get a press release for X amount of dollars, but your competitors promising this, but this is really what the delivery is going to be without yeah. that, but more just saying, this is what the deliverable is going to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, so the, the concept here, I think is that are, first of all, are we playing with the fish in the right pond, right? So if someone has never done what you do and they're buying it for the first time, are there expectations even in the game, right? Is are, is something that you sell for $1,000 what they expect or are they thinking this is $100, right? So that goes with, I mean, it's real easy to shop for a car or TV or a hot water heater for that matter. But if you're providing some kind of consulting or service for a business or a person, do they have a clue? And is there something that you can okay. drop yeah, sorry. Is there something that you can drop in there that kind of gives them a clue as to what's coming so that when there is price mentioned, it's not complete sticker shock? I mean, what's your thought on that, Neil? Yeah, exactly. So like, let's give you an example. So a product like um, a GoDaddy that's going to provide this service. We're going to go to a hosting provider for our website like GoDaddy. It's more expensive, but the customer service is far better you're talking to web developers you're talking to people that understand the industry you're talking to somebody who's just a customer service rep so you really i think research is a big part of this right they, yeah you yeah you need to know your competitors but you also need to listen to your customer to see what they mean in competition right so let me give you an example i'm going to go buy a logo from fiverr okay and it <laughs> cost me 20 bucks for a logo versus 100 yeah well, how long are you going to be on with that? And tell me about that journey. And I know you're pricing this. You don't want this. You want this logo for $20. Do you know what you're going to have to go through? So it's the job as a sales rep or an entrepreneur, then Harry, 
they need to do research. So I think research is a very big part of it, right? Whatever product or service and the tool, the, your job as a sales rep is your company needs to provide this or you're gonna have to do extra time and ask questions. But when you're the entrepreneur, you better know your competition or at least know the different quality of competition out there. What do you recommend in that thing? Is that what you're talking about? You, you have to be so knowledgeable. And I saw, I, reading your book, I saw that selling with dignity that you had a chapter talking about how much how important research is and how much is important to understand your product and service right yeah yeah so if you're you know, to answer the question i think is that if as an entrepreneur let's just say i mean i know quite a few people that do it services and so a buyer for instance may not want to commit to someone managing their network because they're going to look at that outlay of money and say, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, if they don't think through that and say, okay, so what would happen to my business if I was hacked and I was held ransom, so to speak, held oh, for yeah. ransom, yeah. right? Some horror stories about that, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what are the costs of that? I mean, it could be tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. What happens if you lose your, you know, your data? It, you know, how much is that? And so a lot of times people who are not educated will go through, well, I don't want to spend that. I'm just going to go break fix. And the whole break fix does not protect them if something bad were to happen, prevents bad things from happening. So understanding that, and if your buyer does not get it, then you're probably speaking to the wrong prospect, Right? It's really difficult to convince people that they have a problem if they don't see the problem. And so now they're going to throw all kinds of concerns right, at us because they're really not in the market. Right? They're just arguing and you're, they're trying to prove their case that they're okay by doing the same thing over and over again. My advice would be is to find a candidate who is already recognizes there's a problem and is looking for a solution and they're much easier to work with and typically right and the concerns are legit but at the end of the day you know you're going to have a buyer versus someone you may win the argument and lose the battle so to speak so that's when you walk away like in you know kenny rogers know when the fold right yeah know when the fold right walk away yeah, I mean, we're not evangelists. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of evangelizing you can do, but that's really not the goal. Exactly. Right. So overcoming that sales, the, the, the objection first is price. And we could go into more detail, but I think knowing your product and service and also knowing your competition and what they're getting for their buck and asking the right questions can sift through that price objection. What's another objection after price? Well, I mean, I'm going to go just a step further on that is that on the whole thing about price is that we should be talking about why they need to do this and what it is if they what will happen if they don't do it. Right. So when you're leading up, I'm going to use very round numbers, but say your solution product, whatever is a thousand dollars a month. Well, you can't just say it's a thousand dollars a month and then you know here it is without any kind of justification and in your service neil what is it that you provide right what do you show your prospects that they will get if they're going to pay a thousand dollars a month right there's going to be an roi there's going to be return yes. on investment that that one thousand dollars a month 
investment is actually going to return much more than $1,000 a month in the long run. So that your service is really a cost of doing business, but will have rewards for it. And if we can get in that mindset, it's like, well, look, there's not a cost here, right? There is there's an outcome that's going to grow, help you grow your business. And that to me is where um, a lot of entrepreneurs are missing it because they're just going to think of cost exactly. versus, yeah. But see, they don't because they sell a service, say I sold the service and I move on even as an entrepreneur, not thinking what the ROI, what is the benefit? They bought a service, oh, I got trained. Well, did they use that training to do anything? And that's gonna get your second customers, that's gonna get your referrals, it's gonna do different things. And we're in now the business of everything, everyone's educating people yet. It's up to you to figure out the education versus what's the ROI? You purchase a course for $10,000 and then at the end of the day, did you turn that ten thousand dollars into twenty or thirty thousand? Right. Yeah. Then what the heck did you do it for? So yeah. I love that fact. So you talk about pricing, but you also want to see the rate of return in that price conversation. This is what you do. If you're investing a thousand dollars, you're going to look at comparison, comparing your competitors, but also this ROI. If you go ahead and get booked on this specific show, or you're have this celebrity on your show it's going to bring this amount of new revenue. Let me give you an example exactly. really quickly. I hired, yeah, good. I hired a company to book celebrities on my show and I could not look, my business grew three times as much at, of what I charge for services based on that celebrity focus. But you, I, when I chose this, didn't do this. I just, just buyer, I'm going to do it. I want to mm -hmm. do it not knowing it was going to hit three times as much okay. business. And my, I was going to be worth this much more and charging for tutoring or charging for services based on my brand increasing because of who I got to interview. Well, you as an entrepreneur selling those services has to figure that out. So that's a great point. Let's go, I guess, two objectives this time. Let's keep going and see again. We're on the sales made, made easy podcast with Harry Spate author of Selling with Dignity, and you need to check out the book. It's going to be available soon. We'll tell you when it is. There's going to be a huge coming up, but we're going to be launching this podcast before that. The question I have to ask you, Harry, is other, we're going to go to, guess, one more overcoming one other objection. I love the pricing one. I would never have thought that when you've taught today. You've given us a blueprint of things and homework assignments that we need to look at and reflect on, well, price is always the problem. Well, if you can overcome just this price objective, what's the next objection after price? Uh, this is not a good time. Not a good time. Yeah. Th no, no. I was just saying right now, Neil, I got to go. I got to run. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Little humor. I'm like, oh, wow. I never had that on a, on a producing a podcast. Okay. It's not a good time. Wow. It's I would not have thought that was the next objective is not a good time. Yes. Kidding? Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's a pretty good one. It's pretty common because I use it all the time. Uh, I tell people who are trying to sell me something, now's, now's not a good time. Why am I saying that, do you think? Because I don't. That's why you're the sales expert. <laughs> why do you say it? I bet you, you say it too. Oh, no, I don't. I'm not oh, yeah? that. Oh, okay. All right. I say it because it's just I've got other things that... <laughs> time but i don't get on the phone with them i don't even get in a decision when someone sends me that message i don't go and yeah. say, i don't have enough time you're polite i just don't answer it i don't answer uh it. yes okay get on a phone call unless 
So I can't say I don't have the time. Clubhouse was that thought process when Steve Olsher asked me the first time, and I didn't even tell him that I don't have the time. But then the second time, I finally said, okay, you sold me. I'm going on. But that was my objection. I don't have the time. Yeah. I don't tell people. So let's when you're on a sales call, somebody and they said the word, I don't have enough time. What do you do to overcome that objection? Yeah, I mean, again, you have to be empathetic, right? And it's like, uh, for instance, if you're honest, you're trying to uh, set an appointment on the phone and someone says, I don't have the time for this, then I just relax, take a breath and say, totally understand. When would be a good time to follow up? Right. When they see that relaxed mindset that you have, you know, a lot of times they're not always going to give you a chance, but they'll say in a week, next Tuesday, sometimes they'll give you an answer. Right. So even on that scale, right, where you're trying to just set appointments on the phone, just relax and understand. I I'm not always available to take calls either. And I appreciate you taking a call. When would be a good time for me to call back? Right. And if they tell you, you call back at that time. So that's a simple one. So then, for instance, if you're in a uh, situation where you're trying to sell your product and they say, well, you know, what? it's really not a good time for me right now. Say, I understand. Right. You're again, you're trying to get on their side of the table, not across from them. You've got to be relaxed. Right. And then say, just just for my own understanding what what goes through your mind when you say there's not enough time what are you actually what are you thinking about and sometimes they'll say well there's just there's just so much to do right that's a clue right that's a clue if they say there's so much to do we don't have to have an answer right there right just digest it say i understand because they're in again what's their mindset it's an emotional event that's going on you right want, now. You want to you want to ask them why there's not enough time. If if you had that sales call with them and they just said it's just not the time to really take on the service, you want to find out what that really means. Yeah, if you can. But and I'm going to say right is that we don't always have to have that answer at that particular moment. So, for instance, people like myself, you know, I'm not like every buyer. But if I just told you I don't have enough time and I've kind of just gotten done with that, I don't necessarily want you coming back digging and saying, well, what do you mean by that? Right. And I may come back and say, now is just not a good time. And then close it, right? Close it like that as a buyer. So then the seller has a choice, right? The seller could just push again or relax and say, I get it, right? And then just do the follow-up with uh, a follow-up call or a follow-up email and say something like along the lines, I totally understand. I want to express my appreciation for what you've done so far, how far along we've gotten. And then drop the, I had one additional thought. Are you open for a quick conversation or a quick chat? Right? So now what you've done where, where do you think I'm going with that, Neil? I mean, it's just really you're developing the relationships so that you can have a follow-up. And that yeah. could be three months, that could be six months, that could be nine months. You don't know what that person's going through at this point. Exactly. And then you're not closing the door completely. You add them to your leads list and then go back at another time to go contact. 
and then you're now catching them in where it's they're not defensive yes right so you have this next conversation and you say look this is what i was thinking so an example might be someone says well i can't i can't do anything until the first of the year right so now it's it's whatever month it is and you say well there's several months left in a year and that's the real objection i can't overcome that but you let it go and say well you could say well i'll just be in touch in the first of the year but instead you say no i totally understand and then, you know, we'll follow up in a couple of months, whatever. And then instead, you know, you've got an idea, not instead, but you know, you have an idea and you follow up in a couple of days. Again, you're thanking them and say, I've got a quick thought. Would you be available for a conversation? And is there something you can do to bring them onto a program with no fees or something, right? So that there's now a entry or ramp up to a program or, you know, you offering some kind of credit or something, right? But you've just, you got to give it some thought. And if you come across too canned, then it's like they've already said no. What are the chances now that they're going to say yes, right? So on the first call, if they say no blatantly, it's like throwing your pearls before swine. Don't come up with your best ideas right after they tell you no, because you're probably going to hear no again, right? So just, yeah. Keep it as another follow-up later on when they say it's not a good not, enough good. To, but see, I never do that. I guess because you're a sales guy, you've heard it so much, you tell people it's not the right time. So that you you use that polite because you've heard it so many times, Harry. Yeah, and I, you know, so it's like it's not no forever, right? This is where, or whenever people give you the concern, it doesn't mean it's forever. It can't be resolved. Right. So it's just take a breath and say, I'm going to I'm going to come back. Let me give that some thought, even by saying, you know what, that's a great one. Let me give that some thought, because if we have our canned response, I know a lot of sales leaders talk about you got to have a canned response. Well, a canned response may work for some, but it doesn't work for everybody. And you've got to take into consideration what the buyers like and how emotional it was for them to say, I can't do anything right now. So leave me alone. So then what are we going to do? Try to overcome that? So what are other sales objections for our next episode that we can talk about? Do you have more sales objections than those two? Well, I mean, yeah, there's 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 a couple out there. But, you know, another one is like, why is, uh, you know, your name isn't recognized. I could go with a bigger company, right? Um, why would I want to work with Neil Haley? I mean, I could work with, uh, you know, pick the uh, huge advertising marketing firm, oh, right? Oh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what, what do you say? And so you've got your answers, right? Exactly. But so then let's continue. So what are their objectives? Are there objections of comparing you to another product or service? Yeah. Um, do you have, so could you list any more that you would say, or there's a ton and we could just figure them out? Yeah, of course. I'm going to draw all kinds of blanks right now because you're putting me on the spot. But yeah, so I mentioned price. I mentioned, so like how, I mean, do you cover a wider area? You might be a local company and someone might be out of state and there might tailored be concerns. Objectives, tailored objectives that yeah. are based on the customer. And so I can think about it as well. So I look forward to overcoming yeah. sales objections part two. But right by that point in time, if people have already listened to two or three of your podcasts, they should have picked up the book. So we're going to just say that right now. Can when are pre when can we finally? So the best thing is to go ahead and DM you or something if the book yep. is not available yet, 
but where they, where's the best place you want them to connect with you now so that they when pre-orders do start they can pre-order the book linkedin baby linkedin linkedin yeah yeah um check them out on twitter as well harry spade and yeah instagram all those great places and he's putting out some great quotes but again the podcast and you have another podcast too right where people yes it's uh called lead sell grow the human experience that's on all the major podcast channels as well awesome and sales made easy podcast will soon be available everywhere as this is our first episode but i'm looking forward to chatting again for the second episode is we're going to overcome sales objections part two but putting you on the spot that's again overcoming a sales objective then <laughs> yeah exactly got to take a breath I'll right go, i'll go ahead to go i didn't think this I, the first one i would never have brought up because there's so many specific stories and i have a specific story about an objection that i would never have thought about like i don't really need this right that's yeah <laughs> you can come up with thousands of them but yeah we want to make it easy because this is the sales made easy podcast and Harry Spade has been able to come up with so many amazing things. As I read your book and I don't read many people's book books, I already read it already and I love it. And I want to expand on questions because as salespeople, if you're an entrepreneur, you sell a product or service, you got to talk to Harry Spade. So DM him today because he does also provide coaching for groups and also individuals, correct? Absolutely. Right. We're here to help, here to serve. Connect them on LinkedIn. I appreciate yeah. it, Harry, and look forward to the next Sales Made Easy podcast. So take care. Yeah, I've got time for that. All right. All right. That's the <laughs> Made Easy podcast with Harry. Take care, guys. Love it. Man, sales is tough. I'm just not cut out to be a salesperson. Have you ever felt that way? Selling doesn't need to be so difficult. My name is Harry Spate. I'm here to serve and to help you succeed. Join me as we discuss sales made easy.